Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the new features that Instagram just dropped. YouTube CEO just stepping down. We got a new creator of the week. Of course, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl, but from a business side. And then is there such thing as having too much control in your business? Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Man, 3 million followers gained in 48 hours. I, I just, I want to talk about that. I'm excited for this. He said too much already. Let's just get into this uh, intro. He said too sorry. much. All right, this guy. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one all platform that allows you to not only stream to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Insta, like all of them, but allows you to do pre-recorded videos as well to create a podcast, to create courses, the whole nine video isolation audio isolation, adding text with a with a push of a button, everything you can do with Ecamm Live, and we're giving 14 days for free, okay? Just go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash Ecamm, that's E-C-A-M-M, to get your 14-day free trial. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's like a hit or miss sometimes. Hit it's a hit or miss yeah. sometimes. Anyways, Moose, how are we feeling? Man, I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling really good. Uh, you know, still going strong with my early rising. I'm not going front. Okay. Uh, new New Year vibe has yet to has yet to fade. We're gonna keep this thing going because I I I shared something recently that said 80 percent of New Year's resolutions fail by February. So I'm mm. like, nah. I'm like, nah. It ain't gonna be me. Not not gonna be my number. Okay. Uh, so so you know what is this February eighteenth the time that we're recording this still going strong. So last night I actually I stayed up late yesterday which which is not normal for me because I sometimes we record the podcast a little too late and I'd be like like yawning and trying to like play it <laughs> off. <laughs> It's like, oh no, I'm just stretching my mouth. I'm, I'm not yawning. I'm awake. Not so, yawning. Like, I'm for not, me, my, my eyes are yeah. not droopy. No, I don't know what you're talking about. My yeah, eyes are I've, not I've droopy. I've been trying to play it off big time, but no. Yesterday I was up late. I uh, stayed up till two, and then no. So I went to bed. I was like, okay, listen, I'm gonna go to bed. And the Saturday, I don't have no calls this morning. I'm gonna go to bed. No alarm clock. I'm gonna chill, okay. sleep in, and we're good. Six forty-seven on the dot. I was like. Waking up, I'm like, oh man, and uh, surprisingly, I stayed up. So it was like only four four hours and some change uh, sleep, which I'm not proud of. I'm not promoting no sleep, but I'm just saying I think I'm getting to a point where you know you start waking up at the same time that your body just wakes up automatically. So that's that's kind of my my update on my uh, New Year's resolution on February 18th. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Thank you for asking, Nikki. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's all about you. It's all about you. Um, well, shout out to me for not making that into a New Year's resolution because I don't believe uh, in that. Uh, <laughs> you said about that because uh, I've been battling. Okay, let me let me explain my battle with this early riser situation. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not still waking up early. However, my brain does not start working till one p.m. So I could wow. wake up, right? My body's like, yeah, let's do the, the the meditation. Let's do the prayer. Let's do the workout. Let's do everything that you need. Let's watch the interview, all that great stuff. But work-wise, not happening. Can't see you. Mm. So mm -hmm. I've been like really, the, and plus I still don't go bed like early. I really don't. 
I yeah. like it's hard for me to like shut off my creative mind. So shout out to uh, one of my followers, right? Who actually sent me something that I will read from my phone, right? Mm. And uh, probably Isaiah will, will pass this on, but you can see it says, meet the night owl CEO rejecting the 5 a.m. club. Now, granted, I didn't, I didn't say I would wake up at 5 a.m., um, mm. but my goal was to wake up like 6 30. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay, yeah. No, no, Spectrum. it's not happening, right? So uh. according to this, it says, contrary to popular belief, you can still be successful and hit the snooze on your alarm. Okay. Mm. Uh Fortune spoke to over a dozen night owl executives who revealed how they're making their late sleeping patterns work with their careers. Night Owl CEOs are not working from noon onward to make up their biology, some, some big word that you know I can't pronounce. Yep, biology. Wow, I can, I can pronounce that. Never mind. You can do that. Yeah, 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 I can do that. They're simply putting in extra hours to be able to work when they're most productive. It's a trade-off. In the same way an early riser uses the stillness before everyone awakes to put in extra hours, the night owls are trading in their evening time to escape the workplace chatter and connect with creative tasks while everyone else is unwinding. So, I say that, right? Because is it that, I don't want to speak for all creators, but some of the creators that I know, a lot of them, yeah. It like sparks up at night. Mm -hmm. Like I'll take care of tasks during the day, but at night that's when I'm like, boom! I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. So now I have to find a happy medium, right? Because my real objective of doing this early situation was because my girl was like, I can't stay up with you. I said, that's mm. fair, but I can't wake up with you because we don't even talk. <laughs> We're not even I'm talking, awake, right? Right. Not We're talking. not even talking. And 1 p.m. is when my mind is like, hello. We're back because I've done it so long. So now yeah, yeah, yeah. the agreement is to try to go to sleep by 12 and have my mind running at 12. We're going to try. We're going to see how that works. My, I'm still going to wake up earlier than nine, mm -hmm. but that that's the only promising situation. Earlier yeah, than I nine. mean, yeah, I think I don't, I don't see you as a procrastinator. No. Um, you know, like you, you're not somebody, it's not like you're getting started with the day late because you're procrastinating. You know, there's, there's still things getting done. So I, I think it works to be honest with you, whichever way you spin it, because Every story that you've heard about most musicians, it's them going to the recording studio at like 12, 1 a.m. That is. Besides you know, Eminem. so it's like, yeah, he, my boy has the nine to five boy. But yes. uh, yeah, so so it makes sense. I, I can see you. I can see you flipping it. I can see it. We're trying over here. We're trying over here. It's a little update of our lives. Um, we may have to go back to Night Owl. But anyways... Let's get into this episode. And of course, we're gonna start with What's Poppin', okay? And What's Poppin', this segment is sponsored by Deeper Than The Brand, the number one content branding community that shows you how to confidently and authentically build a brand, grow social media presence, and build digital wealth. Go to deeperthanthebrand.com. Now, Instagram just dropped a new feature called channels. It's a broadcast chat. Now, this was something that at first, if you had enabled IG subscriptions, you had this ability to have one-way communication with your followers. And this is really good for like updates, launches, uh, events, that whole nine. But now, they saw the success of it from an IG subscription vibe. And they're saying, you know what? We're going to do this for the public. 
So Adam, the head of, of Instagram, announced it this past week, right? Or whenever you listen to this, like the second, what are we, the second, third week of February? Something around there, mm-hmm. right? And saying that they're going to release this for a small group of creators and there is a waiting list. Funny enough, the waiting list is full. Yeah, yeah the waiting list is full. However, um, this is a really dope way to stay connected and build community right on Instagram. So I'm instantly thinking about what are some ideas that we can do when we do get this feature of how this could help our followers, how could it help connect with our followers on a deeper level? So I'm always going to think of the podcast first, but for anybody who has some type of content, right? Building a podcast community or for whatever you do, right? And that's more of like, dropping updates on the episodes, doing some behind the scenes, giving uh, first dibs on maybe some merch. That's one of the ideas that I had. Uh, Another one is launches. If you are about to drop something, can you bring in people in a small group, this broadcast channel, and tell them, you know, show them behind the scenes, sneak peeks, when it's going to launch, then drop it for them first so they can have first dibs, get, um, you know, feedback from a poll standpoint because you can do polls in there. You can do polls, you can do GIFs, you can send videos, you can send pictures, right? So that whole nine, uh, just behind the scenes situations with yourself, right? You are the brand. So some people just want to get a deeper look into what you're doing. And some people will say, well, that's stories. Well, you can still create a broadcast channel that is even uh, just for those people who you know are really invested in you. And then brand announcements, right? You just, look, if you rock with with Moose, he could put you in his uh, Moose broadcast channel. And anytime he's in your city, Anytime he is dropping a new uh, one-on-one program, whatever it is, something more about the flight assessment, he could drop it in that particular channel. So it brings, if we look at Instagram, they said one of the things they wanted to focus on was direct messaging and having a deeper connection with community. This is their way of doing that. And I think it's a good look. I'm interested to see when it's going to roll out to everybody, especially since the waiting list is already full. But this is another move we saw earlier that they had done Instagram notes where in the DM section, there is like a way you can add your status, right? Which brings in deeper conversations for individuals to DM you. So. Even though this is a one-way communication, only you can only talk to them and they can't talk to you. I think this is a really cool way to have some form of community on Instagram when normally that's not really the case and you have to take them to a Facebook group, Mighty Network, Circle, Discord, any of those other platforms. And this creates it a more in-app experience for them. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very Are you going to use it? Yeah. Uh, I usually wait for you to master it and say like your final call before That's I actually fair. do it. Yeah. Well, Anything I have, I have it on. I have it for my subscribers. Shout out to my IG subscribers, right? Uh, hmm. I created one for AI tools. And just polling them what they want to know. Here are some of the new ones. So I like it. That's cool. My only concern is how does, for those people who do have it on subscriptions, now that it's going to be public, how is that going to be different? So, yeah, that's the Mm, only thing I have. It's not as exclusive in a sense when everyone has it. Yes. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. 
Makes sense. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, stepping into the business corner, man, I think this is very, very interesting news. YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki says that she's stepping down after a nine-year run. Now, a very, very interesting move, right? She was actually the 16th employee to join the company. And when the founders started the company, they started it in her parents' garage. So this is someone who's been with the company for a long time. I think 25 years, she's worked on many different projects and launched new initiatives. But when she stepped in as CEO of YouTube, you know, one of the things that she has always talked about, although they didn't always get it right, she said that she was one of the people, or at least it was said that she was one of the people that was always advocating for creators. Now, of course, with her stepping down, you have to wonder, well, who's going to take her place? So in her place steps in Neil Mohan, who is the chief product officer. Now, I think you're going to be really excited about this, Nick, because this is the person who's behind YouTube Shorts. He's the one behind YouTube Plus. And a lot of the new innovations that have been coming out are all his doing in a lot of different ways. So typically when a new CEO leaves, you're always a little iffy about, well, who's coming in? Is this someone that's coming in from the outside? Is it just someone who has no experience? But he's been with the company for quite some time too. Google got him uh, in, in their leadership team once they acquired a different company. So I think that we're going to see some really interesting things happening on the platform now that he's head of creative and someone who has some deep insight around product launches and innovation. So I'm my favorite CEOs or operators because operators typically are people who are in the business. They have in-depth knowledge around how to move the needle on a day-to-day -day or how to really keep things going. And so when they're giving the decision-making power or the ability to step into a visionary role and start saying, all right, hey, I think we need to go here. I think we need to go there. It can get really interesting. So very early, this is just literally just happened uh, three days ago from the time in which we're recording this. So very fresh, but stay tuned to YouTube, especially as a new CEO steps in and starts to make some moves for what that will mean for both your brand, your business, creators on the platform. I think it's going to get really interesting in the next couple of months. Well, sheesh. I didn't know that. Look at that. I learned something new on our own podcast. Moose learned something new on our podcast. But hopefully mm -hmm. you guys learned something because I... Most important. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I really want... Uh, I really want to get a hold of YouTube. YouTube has been very interesting for us. Shout out to our YouTube uh, viewers um, and of course, shout out to all our audio listeners. I don't want to leave y'all out, but mm -hmm. YouTube is definitely an interesting uh, space, definitely interesting space. And we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, but for those who rock with us, thank you. And hopefully this new CEO can love on us a little bit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hopefully. Come on, um, Neil. Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, we have a new creator of the week, and it's actually a couple, right? Actually a couple. Uh, Cody and Tommy Oliver, the creators, founders of Black Love. It's Black History Month. And when I say this account, well, I, I look at it on Instagram, right? But it's TikTok. YouTube, everywhere, every social media platform, they have a Black Love account. And it is just the positive vibes of marriages, couples, the ups and downs of it, the inside works of it. And it's so refreshing to see. And Cody and, and, and Tommy are, are, of course, it started with a docu-series, right? I, I believe like in 2017, Right. Where they got all these different couples just really going and being transparent about, you know, marriages and, and just being in love, especially black love. And I found the interview of like why they started it. So let's look into that. 
something that had been weighing on me. The media was was suggesting there was a black marriage crisis and going so far as to say black women are the least desirable of all women. Once that's said in the media, you feel like, oh shoot, well, what's the point, right? You know, the stats say, um, but I felt like the Obamas were celebrated, celebrated for being this loving, beautiful black couple. We just need to see it more, right? So I mentioned it to him. He loved the idea immediately, was like, let's do it. And so we always say, you know, uh, be the change that you want to see. They're exactly doing that. And we appreciate you. So go follow the Black Love account. I follow it on Instagram. It's on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, they are ama- The couple is amazing. Shout out to Cody because I follow Cody and she follows me. Um, but just the account overall... Glenn was on there. Glenn's doing a men's round table on that. A lot of our, a lot of your favorite influencers are on there uh, spreading their truth about black love. And it's amazing to see. So uh, shout out to them. They are the creator of the week. But, you know, it's time. It's time to talk about the Super Bowl. And we gave we gave it a week. We, we wanted the numbers to come in. Okay, we wanted the numbers to come in. But first and foremost, Moose, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. I, I, I did. And a great game, start to finish. I'm not rooting for, uh, I wasn't rooting for either uh, the Chiefs or the Eagles. But um, really, really good game came down to the wire. And then uh, the halftime show, of course, was, uh, you know, was... Uh, Part part of the part of the blueprint now, so of course uh, I'm I'm glad I can bring this in now. So yeah. So so let's let's talk about this uh, blueprint or what we call the Super Bowl effect. Now there has been a big big stink about Rihanna not getting paid for doing the Super Bowl. Right? People had back and forth feedback about it, especially when numbers came out as far as Apple. Uh, paying the NFL about $250 million over the next five years for the halftime show, right? But performers are not getting paid. Yet, this isn't something new. We covered it last year with uh, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent. This is something that was a conversation back then, too. And Dr. Dre actually paid millions for his set. The Weeknd also reported paying $7 million for his set when he performed. Now you have people like Prince, Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, J-Lo, everybody that you've seen on the Super Bowl not getting paid. However, now that the numbers are in, we got to talk about What does that really do? Why are people not getting paid and they are okay with it? Well, it's called exposure. And if we could look at these numbers for my audio listeners, I'm going to, I'm going to read it out to you, but the impact now we're talking about Rihanna because this is what happened this year. The impact of Rihanna's Super Bowl performance, number one, most streamed artist globally. 118.7 million views, 5 million more than the Super Bowl in itself, okay? 17 songs on the top 40 on Spotify gained 3 million Instagram followers. Searches of Fenty Beauty are up 833%. The Super Bowl effect is real. And so where most would... Grow like that's why it was such a big stink as far as yo, how is Rihanna not getting paid? What are you talking about? Sales and Fenty went up. Her streaming went up. Her brand awareness went up. So I actually brought this to to the podcast because me and Moose are known for this lovely debate and not in an ugly way but we definitely don't see eye to eye with mastering the art of leverage right 
And do we do things for exposure? Do we do things for the look and the possibility and the opportunity? Or do we get the security? Do we get a guarantee of something, right? So, Musa, I would love your take on the Super Bowl effect, how yeah. it's helped past people and your your views on leverage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at Rihanna, and Rihanna played it really well, right? I think especially as artists become more and more aware and educated of business, especially someone like her, she's running her own company, her beauty line, Fenty. So really, really good to see what she did there because I don't know if you noticed, but at one of the transitions during the halftime show, she pulls like uh, she fixes her makeup, right? Absolutely. And then almost immediately after, she launches uh, a lipstick that is shaped or it has like the football field design. And mm -hmm. so phenomenal. I mean, that's stuff that is thought out and really strategically well positioned. So I love to see that happen on a grand scale. So that was really cool. And of course, the numbers, you can't debate those numbers. You're talking about 833%. Three, I, you know what I was thinking, and I actually was going to ask you this. What do you think is the value of $3 million, uh, 3 million followers, especially to someone like Rihanna? You know, because the average person, let's say they don't have the skill set or maybe the, the bandwidth to fulfill Three million followers. If they were, if their account was to increase by that much overnight, right? But when you think of Rihanna and everything that she's a part of, having three million more people giving their attention to her, what do you think that might, like, how how do you think that might translate in terms of growth? From I don't know what what, what kind of growth would you expect with three million more people? I th I think for one, that's the that's the brand awareness, right? So something that will last long because you think about it with the searches for Fenty Beauty, where it went up like 800% yeah. or something, right? But that's good for that time frame where okay. the 3 million, they're there. They're majority of them, maybe some may drop off once they realize that Rihanna doesn't post as much as she should or anything like that. But most of them are there and she could now cater to them to more Fenty stuff. If she does, um, a, you know, a docu-series, which we'll get into that, you know, more about her, you know, magazine coverage, just more about her that will then convert into sales. So the increase in followers is a long game play that, you know, she can now cater to whereas you know the streams are going to be good for the next couple of weeks the searches are going to be up for the next couple of weeks i think that's going to be great but the the gold is where how did they stay which is the followers what was crazy um one of my my followers on instagram pointed out that they didn't have an email capture on the Fenty page. Mm. So though searches went up, there was no way to grasp that that uh, that audience. Right. That's what I, now I didn't I couldn't confirm. So if somebody goes, nah, what it did, that got the pop up. I they may have switched it now. Right. But supposedly on, on Super Bowl day, they didn't. And so that's why I believe the increase in the followers is good because at least, even though we can't truly say we own that that uh, following count, we can at least cater to those people at that at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that part is is powerful because you, you really gotta think about the long-term effect of that, like you mentioned. And I was like, I don't know that I can even put a dollar figure to it because I think just Fenty alone is worth 
somewhere north of two billion dollars or something like that. So, so it's, 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 a, it's a yeah, it's a billion with a B too. So that's that's major. But not to avoid the question, but I think for me the reason why, and I'm not against exposure or doing things for, uh, especially when it makes sense, right? right. But. I just don't like the idea of walking into something where you have to constantly fight and make room to get what you deserve. And so in a case like this, like I said, I think the financial knowledge and the business savviness of especially mega stars like today, when you think of someone like a Jay-Z or a Rihanna who run billion dollar empires of their own, you don't get there by luck. You, you have great teams with you. You have a great set of knowledge that you can apply into the same space. Now, some people may say, well, hey, but there's so much banking on that one day. You got 13 minutes to capitalize on every second and every pair of eyeballs that are on you during that time. You got to think this thing through, right? It's only 13 minutes. And so I can see why some people turn it down I don't know, especially when you start to look at the history of this, where you might, where I don't know that many other megastars are going to turn it down. Like, uh, for example, I can only imagine what Drake would do at a Super Bowl. I mean, that would be out of control. I wonder if he already turned it down. To sit here and say that Drake didn't get invited. um, That would be bananas. Yeah, that doesn't make, that doesn't make sense. Now. Yeah. Maybe because you look at the time span that Rihanna got asked. Look at the time span that when J-Lo came. It's not like, not saying Rihanna's not at her prime, but she's not active. Right, right, right. right. Not to say J-Lo and Justin Timberlake and, you know, Michael Jack, they weren't at the, but I think it passes a little bit on it. Maybe Drake is still too hot. I don't know. It could be. That's a good point, though. You're right, because most of them are. It's like even with Bruno Mars, it's usually right after they peak. It's like on on the other side of the mountain that they start making those invitations. But I'm just saying, when you think of it, when you think of of those that that amount of people watching you, and you see the stats that go along with it, it's hard to deny. You know, in standard business practice, of course, uh, as it relates to this whole leverage situation, I, I. I still got to hold my position against it because I'm just like, man, can we not just be on the same page from the front? Like, just get let's just talk it out. Let's just be clear with the X's and O's. So uh, but Super Bowl effect. Yeah, no, I I can't. I can't doubt it. I got to take I got to I got to go on on your bandwagon with the leverage boy for the Super Bowl because that's just that's bonkers. Yeah, I'm bonkers for for those who don't know. I am big on leverage because I believe wholeheartedly on being able to show out on the opportunity. Like there's a lesson and there is uh, an opportunity with everything that comes when it comes to a uh, leverage play, right? Now, I did want to bring in maybe a little bit of sense of security that Moose would like as far as the Rihanna situation because she did make a multi-millionaire, multi-millionaire, she is, she's a billionaire, but multi-million deal with Apple to do a docuseries about the whole Super Bowl situation. Now, I think there are, of course, some plays that can be giving you that security after you accept the invitation, right? Where... You know, some people we saw with the Beyonce and the Coachella situation. I'll get paid mm-hmm. less, but I'm, but I need all rights to it because I'm going to be doing uh, Netflix. I'm going to be doing all these. Like I need to have ownership of that, right? So when we are doing these these leverage plays, how can we secure what we thought what we were worth? Mm. You know, and. And if you are, if you know by being on this stage, being part of this partnership, being part of this, what whatever the collaboration is, right? If you know that this is going to open up some doors, get you some eyes, how do we take advantage of, okay, I'm going to give you less or I'm going to do this for free 
But while I'm doing it, what can I secure that will not necessarily take me away from it because it doesn't take her away from that, that focus, but what can I do that also uh, creates an extra bag for me that I'm doing simultaneously and it, it builds that, that security. And I think that part is what needs to be more mastered than necessarily putting all your chips in that one bag of, I'm going to be on the stage, I'm going to be in this collaboration, and I'm going to do it all and watch the opportunities come to me. No, you still have to be the creator of your own opportunities as well with this potential opportunity, you know? That's so good. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that. that's so good. It's, it's, it, unfortunately, in the past everyone benefits but the artist. And so now that the artist is looking after their own interest and has more control to that extent, they're looking at the ways in which they can capitalize on revenue or income, even in means outside of the main stage or those those main 13 minutes. Because you're right, when you think about how much work and effort goes into it, like you just mentioned, the weekend, $7 million dollars just to prep for the stage. That's mm -hmm. not to say everything else. I mean, with, uh, I don't even want to begin to name it. It's, it's, it's a lot of money Coachella. that I'm sure that it goes into it. No, no, I was going to say, uh, just like the, the choreographers, the backup oh. dancers, like the band, they're so, that's beyond the stage. You know, like there's yeah. more that go into it, other people that you got to pay to do that. And so I'm just saying that is a tremendous amount of money that gets invested. And so if we can begin to think about, I'm saying we as, as if the podcast is about to, I don't know, sponsor the, the Super Bowl somehow. Come on! Some, <laughs> some craziness, but it's it, it's true. It's like you got to think of ways to maximize your profits and your revenue outside of what the main attraction is, because there usually is more than one way. It's almost in a way of, you know, capitalizing on the behind the scenes. And, and we look at documentaries like... Uh, uh, the Last Dance, and I know the captain with Derek Jeter, there's supposedly one that's supposed to be coming out with Kobe Bryant as well that was done the same way. And those actually make you fall in love more with the star person than what you saw them do in the real performance because mm -hmm. you feel more of a greater connection. So I think even deals like that end up netting a greater ROI than what we see right now from a performance itself, especially when you think the, the, the long haul. Yeah, and, and I think of instantly like service-based situations because that's harder sometimes to think about the leverage situation because you'll either give a huge discount or do things for free for a certain company or a certain individual. Now, if we're looking at the Rihanna blueprint of, okay, well, let me secure something while I'm doing it and doing the behind the scenes. How does one service company, service brand do the same thing? And I instantly think about uh, Damien, right? Mm. So Damien just recently worked with uh, ET about the UOU summit, right? So instead of where, when we're thinking about leverage and we're talking about well let me think about testimonials and that whole nine i'm like did you document in which he did by the way but um did you document this whole thing can you make it into a series that is now living on youtube right clipped up to be on on the social media platforms and so not, not only does it attract future clients, right? But also uh, you can monetize that content at the same time. So I'm thinking just from clearly from a lower standpoint, not not Apple multi-millions situation, yeah. but what keeps us still in the game focused because what a lot of, let's say service-based situation, they think the leverage is getting getting clients based off the person's name or the company's name, but then it mm -hmm. takes you away from what you were already doing. Cause some people right. nine out of 10 times 
and there there are outliers. I'm not saying anything or or downplaying nobody, but nine out of ten times when we do things for free or um or for a discounted rate, when the influx of clients come in based off what we do, some of us are not ready. That's right. And so when we go and we're now catering to these different demands, it takes away from what what I call home, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in which you can hurt that relationship. And so you leveraged it, but you weren't really ready for it. And so that's where it gets a little hard with the leverage. It is now more of how can I, looking at the Rihanna makes me think a little bit different as how can I focus on the main thing, focus on home while simultaneously making a bag, doing the same thing, just documenting, doing Mm -hmm. the same thing, maybe um, creating something that will not only help home, but help the masses, but it's made for that. And then it's a subscription situation for everybody else. Things like, like these types of different ideas you look at, at mastering this whole leverage situation and there's different creative ways to do it. Let's look at what didn't work, what did work. But at the end of the day, how do we get paid what our worth is in any opportunity, whether yeah. it's free or not. You know what's so cool? I just thought about this. I think that everyone listening to this podcast who has a brand or business, you should take on the exercise or the challenge of how would you prepare if you were performing at the Super Bowl halftime show and you're going to have all those eyes on your business and your brand. Mm-hmm. Like just think of your uh, current product line or the offers that you have available and start to strategically think, what would you do? Because quite honestly, you can get a marketing campaign. You can create your own Super Bowl. You don't need to be at the Super Bowl to, you know, benefit from that type of strategy. You can just think about like, hey, if if my business was the halftime performance at the Super Bowl, what strategy would I use to maximize that that attention? What would I do? Right. And I think that's a great, that's a, a nice little workshop exercise activity that somebody should uh, should run through and, and just think about that because there is a lot of different ways secretly hidden under under that one 13 minute performance that a lot of eyes are captured on. But uh, yeah, with those numbers, man, that's that could be another billion alone. Quite honestly, I didn't want to put a number to it because I, I I there's no way to tell. But when when you can fulfill at that scale, you could probably add another billion. Well, she already guaranteed. Well, see. What I like, what I like about this is because now, and I don't know how many people paid attention to it. So she was like, she hasn't performed in seven years. Mm -hmm. She hasn't performed in seven years, had a kid, cute baby boy. And now the question of, is she going to do music again? What's happening with like, okay, now she's pregnant again. Now all eyes are back on her. This could have been a very perfect rollout for, like you say, billions, right? Because mm-hmm. now, not only do you have the docu-series, but now people are going to see, okay, are you dropping music again? She kind of hinted, yes, right? I'm in a whole new, like, I love challenges. Cool, right? She's doing uh, covers. I, I believe she did Vogue. Uh, don't quote me. She did another cover right after, yeah. and it came out right after the, the Super Bowl, expressing, you know, yo, about her pregnancy and how it feels to be a mother now. And so now people are invested and are back at looking at Rihanna's journey that were more than just Rihanna Navy. Okay? For those who don't know, that's her community. Right? More than that. So now the world is looking at what Rihanna is about to do next. The world, not just her community, the world is now, she's back. 
we we got Rihanna. What better way to come back than the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. And I love that she did it on her own time too. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's one thing to to feel forced and worry about. Oh my God, if I don't do this, I'm gonna miss this opportunity. And look, you, yes, you have to take advantages of opportunities when they present themselves to you. But some people do have they they reach a status or a class where they can they can decide when they say yes and when they say no. And it seems that she's doing it at a time where she can at least go and do that interview on, uh, you know, with Apple Music and and at least show face and actually do almost a complete press run and um, and completely maximize or take a, take advantage of all of the attention that's coming versus you do it. You're not really ready. You go back into hiding and it's not worth it and you don't come back a second time for the super bowl there's nobody who's performed and i gotta i gotta check that i want to say i'm pretty confident about it but i don't know that anyone's ever performed at the super bowl halftime show twice it's like one and done you got one opportunity for that so right that's a that's a different experience Uh, well look rihanna showed us some new ways it's appreciated that the super bowl effect a really huge super bowl effect but yeah. We've talked about those different effects, even with verses. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about it with verses. Uh, clearly not those big numbers, but they also have big numbers. So we have to look at all these different opportunities. We may not have Super Bowl or versus opportunities, but we have the Super Bowl within our niche, mm-hmm. Super Bowl within our market. And we have to look at those different opportunities and say, yo, how do I uh, leverage this to the max? Like, and then also work on making the bag while I'm doing it. I think that's mm-hmm. very, very important. So, yeah. But of course, when we go into this or that, we still going to talk about Rihanna. Okay. We still going to talk about it, but we have to talk about who is sponsoring uh, this or that. And that's the flight assessment. This segment is sponsored by theflightassessment.com. Discover your personal superpower. Learn how to use your superpower to become a master communicator. Strengthen all your relationships and develop the self-awareness you need to fulfill your highest potential. That's flightassessment.com. And the question that I have is, is there such thing as having too much control in your business okay Mm. now i found a clip well it's a a combination clip so you know of course people have talked about a battle of rihanna and and beyonce but in the beginning years beyonce gave really good advice to rihanna that has now clearly followed her to her billionaire status, which is uh, have control. So let's let's see that. She actually wrote me this cute little letter and she signed it with her autograph. It was so cute. Um, when I first met her and she wrote, um, she was telling me, just let loose when you perform and just have fun and be in control. So I really get involved with every aspect of anything that I do, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's a makeup product, whether it's savage lingerie, like whatever I do, I'm that annoying girl who's gonna talk about everything. I wanna see the copy on the website. I wanna I wanna name every lipstick that I make. Like I I care about it. I love it. I love it. So my my question because I, I struggle with this and, and not struggle with I am so like a control freak. I'm more of a I trust you. I cannot micromanage because I think I think of that as more of if I'm all in the let, let me see it. Let me go through it. Da, 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 da. I think that's micromanaging for a sense, because if I have you in that position, I trust you. But. If you mess up. I'm taking it over, right? I'm now checking on it on some, yo, what's up? What, where, where is this? Oh my God. Like, so I wanted to bring it to this or that of what is, what is the healthy version of having control 
still in your business when you're supposed to have, uh, you know, executives, leadership situations, but is there such thing of having too much control? Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. I think there is. And, and it really happens in different phases of the business, at least through my knowledge and experience. In the beginning, you want a lot more control mm-hmm. because the risk is just way too high. When you're building in the beginning, sometimes margins are slim. There's very little room for error altogether. And so to give someone an opportunity to practice on your business, that's not the time to practice. You want to practice when you strategically thought about an opportunity where someone can gain experience or leverage whatever knowledge or, or things that you have going on. Okay, at, at that point, sure. But in the beginning, you, you want to, uh, especially in the areas that you're excelling in, take, take control. Take complete control and run that thing. Now, at some point, you do want to relinquish control, and I think that's where the power of, of, of being able to delegate comes in. But it's interesting because, and, and I, I haven't been able to prove this just yet, but I truly believe that some CEOs that make a return, especially after they have been just completely cruise control, hands off, I'm not going to touch it, they do this, I don't want to call it mind trick, but that's the only way I can describe it where they come back to intentionally almost trigger a competitive drive in you by messing up your, what you're doing. So it's like, I'm going to give you control. I'm going to take it back. And, and I want to see how you can respond. Now I've seen that some people will say, okay, you've helped me see maybe opportunities to grow or do things differently by taking away something that I took for granted, right? To some, to some extent, I can see that happening. So overall, I think there are seasons for it, but in the beginning, at least I'm going to talk about the beginning phase. And of course I'm a control freak. So I, I think <laughs> I, I, I just got, I got to put that out there as a disclaimer. So in the beginning, yeah, for sure. And I'm not as, as much as maybe my personality is, I'm really not. Like, I don't want to do all this work. I promise Mm. you I don't. Like, I'm big on I'll do it first so I can understand it and then take it away. I don't want it. Okay? I promise you. I want to stay in one or two lanes. Give me, you know, options. But one or two lanes and that's it. Please take all this other stuff away. But... At the same time, it's like, I'm more, I'm definitely more on the hands off. Like, I trust you. Go, like, I don't like people. And maybe this was the, the Navy side of me where I don't like somebody over my shoulder checking and checking and checking and checking and checking. You don't trust me. Like, this doesn't. This doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy like, oh, you're paying attention to me. Oh, you're making sure that I'm getting it right. Oh, my God, we're all succeeding. No, I don't feel that way. I feel like you're trying to control me and you can do it. Right. You do it. If you don't, you do it. So I never wanted to be that type because I hated it. But there is also a sense of where because I'm so hands-off, to some, more for my introverts, where, okay, I didn't know you wanted that. I didn't know, like, I didn't know I had the power to do that. I didn't know. So I'm now trying to find a happy medium of where I'm telling, like, I'm giving you control, saying, hey, you have control. This is yours. Hello, do what you need and then come to me if there's any clarification that you may need that I could give to you. I don't want you to guess or assume and I don't want to assume that you know that you have full control, right? And so I'm I'm trying to find a balance with it, but oh my God. Like 
But that's why that's why that's why I say in the beginning, I think it's easier for me to take control because the big the big disappointing thing is to relinquish control. Or or let's say it this way, that someone wants control but they don't want the responsibility. That I find it very difficult. I'm about to run. I'm about to run. <laughs> you just you yeah. just touched my heart on that yeah. one. Yeah. I that that I find that very difficult because I notice there's a different level of and I don't think it's a I don't think it's a like a an actual ownership thing and but I mean like the owner of the business. I think it's just a I don't know. I I don't know if it's a when you care about your own last name or your own reputation. I think it's a reputation thing because for me I take ownership over things that I don't own, quote mm-hmm. unquote, on paper. But because my reputation is attached to it, I never want anyone to say, oh, yeah, Moose just makes excuses when things go wrong. Ever. I don't care what happened. If my name was put on it and I said, I got you, if it goes, I don't care what happens. So what happened? That's my bad. I'll take care of it. You get me? Because... I want the control, but I want the control because I'm willing to take the ownership or I'm willing to take responsibility when things go wrong. Not so much when things go right, because when things go right, everyone wants. That's the easy part. Ain't nobody fighting when things go right, but it's about when things go wrong. That's the part that make it hard. That makes it hard for me to say, all right, cool. Take it. Don't worry about it. Because when that comes up, everyone be like... To me, looking around as if, as if they wasn't just asking for control. So yeah, that's an interesting. That's my stance on it, Nick. That's that's. This is gonna get into an after-show conversation. <laughs> oh man, because it's like now you know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's this. This is conversations we have on the after-show. To be honest with you, slight plug, but no, I, I. That's you. You hit that so clearly where it makes sense now right and as simple it's so funny because it's like the simple things give such aha moments like what Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. not like i haven't heard it before right but it's more like i'm going through it now to where it's like yeah i want this it's my department is me okay Here's all that it goes with. Oh, hold on. <laughs> uh, Crazy. Wait, I did. I I don't. I don't have time. I didn't know this was part. No, 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 no. We all knew this yeah. was part of it. What? I the responsibility, like the name, and the responsibility goes hand in hand not just the name i mean like i don't know anybody who just is like i am the head of this and i do nothing but say that i am the head of this no ta-da no (laughs) nobody it always comes with responsibilities don't ask for it if you're not ready for the responsibilities and if you can't stand the responsibilities, please ask for help. Please give it up. Please do not have the rest of us people looking crazy because you did not know the full detail of this responsibility of being in these different positions. Yes, people, um, I'm personally going through it, but it's all right because we may talk about this on the after show. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, I, and just lastly, I'll say this. It, uh, if you're gonna give it up, please give it up before things go wrong. I, no, it never happens that way. <laughs> what are you talking about? That it's is like, that is a funny can request. You, can you just please one time say, you know what? Listen, I'm in over my head. I'm, over. I messed up. Over. I messed up. You know what? I think I think I'm 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 sinking right here. Let me just right. do the right thing and 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 say, take it back, take it back. I don't want control. It's just it's not for me. Not right now. I okay. Wish, I wish that would happen more. Often Wait, too. but so so here we go, right? Here we go. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it real quick. So 
what if you had, and, and this is where I think the leadership part gets tested, meaning as maybe the person who is uh, higher on the chain looking as it goes down, but it's not completely, like you said, it's not completely in on fire, right? Yeah. But Smoking. It's Some smoke. Yeah, you know I mean, like <laughs> smoke, smoke alarms yeah. are off. Yeah, 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 you know what yeah. I mean? Still like not. we don't know if it's a false one, changing right. batteries. We don't we don't know what's happening. But clearly there's a problem. Do you take it away before there's a fire, which then causes some turmoil of uh no tr the whole no trust, I feel right. You know, the downplay, all that stuff. You, you, uh, what you mean? You, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what okay. You mean. Yeah. You, yeah. You're in harm's way of messing up that work relationship, yeah. right? Or you allow the thing to burn down and then try to put water on it. And rebuild. No, I can't stand that. I can't stand that. You know why? Because so for two reasons. Number one, and, and that's why I said it's all about context. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm learning. Life, business, everything. It's all about context. When you take advice from people, when you're learning strategies and principle, please learn the context that goes along with whatever that it is that you're learning because that that matters. You can use the right principle at the wrong time and get the wrong outcome. You're like, man, but what happened? So-and-so said this. Yeah, but did you apply it in the context mm -hmm. around which they said that needed to be used? And so when I say in the beginning, I'm not about to protect how you feel when the business is on the line. Like in the beginning, losses are limited. Right. You have a select like lifespan you know like in those video games where you get like three lives and x amount of lives in the beginning you probably got like one and a half two like you got just a couple that, that you might be able to slip by as you get better and you survive more and more depending on the game that you're playing you might have an opportunity or a project that's almost i don't want to say a throwaway project but you can you can allow someone to learn for me me personally, I found out that, it, again, it's not a one size fits all. Some people like to learn by doing. And so maybe they don't want to be told that they're failing and that the smoke alarms are going off. But I want to test their awareness, even if that's what you are. It's like, OK, I know you like to do things on your own. You don't want nobody to interrupt. But are you aware that the smoke signal is on? Like, do you see the smoke signal right now? Are, are you seeing the, the, the blinking light? I just want to make sure. Because sometimes some people be in, when you're in the zone, you, you, you black out. You don't see what's happening around you. Right. So I think that matters. But for me personally, and just to bring my experience into it, if I'm doing, if I'm doing something wrong, I want to be told. Now, if, if it's gotten to the point where you, you say, listen, it's gotten so far. I just don't think you have what it takes to bring us back. Like, like we're, we're drifting too far into the deep end, and I don't think that you're going to be the one to bring us back to the shore. It's going to sting. Don't get me wrong. That's going to hurt, right? That's somebody saying, hey, I thought you were the leader, but in this case, I just don't think that you have what it takes to save the ship. That hurts. But again, you, you, <laughs> you got you to take it. You know, you got to take that hit and bounce back. But I, I wouldn't want someone to let me die and come back and be like, man, I thought I definitely saw. I knew you was gonna die. And you didn't say nothing? Like <laughs> you saw me, you saw me just just fighting for my life for dying. For, oh, spitting water out, everything, and no, nothing. So you should have told me. You should have told me it was on the other end of that. So, I, so that's that's so, why for me, I I don't like that part. Yeah. So okay, so what if you see the person like drowning and then you provide like life rafts and, and like the little donut okay. stuff, right? I love how we just went swimming right now. Right, Everybody's right, right, right. in the ocean with us right now. We need We're some, in the like, ocean. We're in the ocean. You see it, like <laughs> you're swimming, you get a little exhausted. You see the exhaustion, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And you you go and like, ayo, keep an eye out, yeah. right? Keep an eye out because they're getting, they're getting tired, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then we hit the, oh, okay. Dying a little bit. That, not dying all the way a bit, but the, uh, uh, can't. I'm tired. And then you, you hit the light because I feel right now, yeah. life raft has been provided. It's in the water. It's in, in the water to do Ladies the carrying. The life raft is the in the water. The life raft is in the water <laughs> to do the yeah. carrying. Like, yeah. don't worry. Right. We got this, right? But I just feel the word of disappointment that it's heavy. It's it's heavy. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, no. But let me let me tell you why I go back to saying you can't give complete control or you can't give up your control. It's because if you give up your complete control, it feels even if it's not a super emergency, just the fact that you came back in. It's alarming. It's like, whoa, you was on, you was on not control mode and you just jumped in with control mode. Something's mm -hmm. wrong, right? Because that, that's the connection that's made. But if you have always some level of control and maybe tighter control in other areas versus a little control or somewhat control, mm -hmm. when that starts to happen, we can immediately reset by agreeing on targets. And that's what I love about this. Well, if we agree... It's not just enough to say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, I'm with you. You're right. The smoke signals is on. Okay, cool. What are the next three milestones? What are the next three things we need to do to at least get the smoke signals out? And by when? Okay. Because, okay. because you feel me? Because now, if we come back a second time after those three things have not been hit, it's... It's, it's no, it's no bueno. We gotta, we gotta, now I gotta really reel you in with the, uh, you're, you, you know the Navy more than I do, but whatever, whatever is more, <laughs> more, uh, more specialized in the raft. Like we, we gotta really go in. Listen, uh, uh, this is the closing of uh, Moose's uh, business therapy. There you um, go. Good at you, this thing. Uh, Love that thing. We will send you an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I, he's going to send an invoice to me because I, yes, yes, I have needed that, but that was a good this or that. And yes, we may go a little bit into it on the after show. We may not, I don't know, you got to go and uh, subscribe to the after show, which is only on Apple Podcasts to be part of the all access squad. So go definitely uh, check that out. Of course, Every Friday, 6 a.m. Uh, on op Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, wherever you listen to your podcast, we have a new audio-only situation called Creator Ave, okay, which is the intersection between branding and business. And it is literally your how-to on to do some things with your brand, to build it, to turn into an empire. It's a whole vibe, 6 a.m. every Friday, Go check that out. Let us know what you think about it. Follow us on all social media platforms at Nikki and Moose. Uh, definitely help us get our YouTube numbers up. So definitely go check out the uh, full episodes and the clips. Moose, final words. Yeah, I read this this week, man. It said most people would learn from their mistakes if they weren't so busy denying them. And I just was... I, most people would learn from their mistakes if they weren't so busy denying them. And I wish people would understand that denying your mistake won't make it evaporate, won't just disappear. It's like, it's more important to make the adjustment than sit there trying to hide the fact that you made the mistake.